This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the MomWell podcast. Today, I am excited to welcome the founder of the Kickass Stepmom platform, Jamie Scrimger, to the show. I come from a blended family. I've had a stepmom or maybe two in my day. And I know that some of you out there might be blending families together and trying to navigate things like stepping into a new parenting role or co-parenting with previous partners. And it can be an interesting and challenging time to navigate. I've invited Jamie on the show today to help us understand the unique pressures that stepmoms face when they step into this new role how to set realistic expectations of yourself in this role, and ways to let go of perfectionism and understand that you're going to make mistakes along the way. Jamie became a stepmom to three kids when she was just 26 years old, and she got thrown into parenthood while it was well underway and the train was already moving. This comes with a unique set of challenges. And much like we go through matrescence when we become mothers, stepmoms also have a shift and an adjustment period that they have to navigate. And Jamie's platform is here to help stepmoms do just that. Let's hear this week's episode with Jamie. Motherhood can be very isolating. When you're struggling, it's important to have someone to turn to who isn't going to judge, dismiss, or shame you. That's why MomWell is dedicated to building a team of therapists who get it. Our mom therapists know what you're going through, and we've been there too. In fact, our mom therapists are just like you in so many ways. Some of our therapists love the outdoors, nature, and the smell of lavender candles. Some of them are foodies and love to travel, go to the theater, or listen to music. Just like you, they had lives before they became moms. And just like you, they've had to struggle to find their identities after having children. Our team is made up of parents of young children, multiple kids, twins, and blended families. They're dance moms, sports parents, and moms who are trying their best to balance work and parenthood and everything in between. They know what it's like to feel overwhelmed or lost in motherhood. They know what it's like to struggle with feeding and emotions that come along with it. They know what it's like to experience mom guilt, mom rage, and overstimulation. Our therapists really get it, and we're committed to focusing on moms like you and providing support at every stage of your motherhood journey. We provide virtual therapy support across Canada and are now serving 25 states in the U.S. Ready to learn more? Head to momwell.com slash booking to set up a free 15-minute virtual consultation. That's momwell.com slash booking. Welcome to the MomWell podcast, where we're committed to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host, registered psychotherapist and founder of MomWell, Erica Jossa. At MomWell, we know that motherhood is hard, but care shouldn't be. We're committed to providing you with knowledge, tools, and support to navigate the challenges of motherhood. Our mission is to put moms back on the priority list and empower them to create a mental wellness toolbox free from judgment, fear, and shame. On the show, we'll be discussing topics such as postpartum depression, identity loss, the mental load of motherhood, and more. We'll be joined by experts, moms, and professionals who can offer advice, practical tips, relatable stories, and honest conversations. Here at MomWell, we believe that when a mom is well, a baby is well. So join us as we discuss the topics that matter to you with experts who get it. Together, we can redefine motherhood and change the way moms are treated. 
Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I was joking between sick kids and life and work. We've been working so hard to make this happen and actually be here together. So I appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. I'm pumped that we're actually making it happen. I don't even know how I came across your page and your platform, but I got down the rabbit hole of the support that you offer to stepmoms and blended families. And I just knew that we had to have you on to have a chat. I feel like one, it's a pretty unique platform. I don't know that there are many others out there. That's one of the things you had said, like when you were going through this experience, you went looking and there really wasn't anything out there like this. Hey, yeah, you know, and there was some support there, but it was very negative. It was Mm. very, you know, mom bashing, stepmom, stepmom bashing mom, like, just really kind of diving into that narrative that society has really perpetuated over and over again. And, you know, that doesn't help anything, right? Sitting around and ranting and, you know, venting. Yes, it's therapeutic. You need to have a, you know, conversation about how you're feeling. But, you know, for me, I was just looking for, okay, like, how do I do this? Mm. How do I create better relationships with my stepkids? How do I thrive amongst all the things that I can't control. Because when you're a stepmom, you really come in in the middle of the story, right? You know, a lot of things have been set up for your life prior to you even having any part of this life, right? So Mm. there's just a lot of feelings that can come up. And when there isn't a lot of support out there, I find even to this day, stepmoms can get caught up in that resentment piece. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of perpetuates that negative narrative that it's just not productive. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help your family. And it doesn't help anyone. Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine it can feel like a really powerless position to be in, right? Like, there's not a lot of choice and control, as you said. Like, so many decisions have been made for you up front initially until you start to work together to blend that family. I'm curious if you'd share a little bit about your story before we kind of dive into the pieces, because how did your platform come to be, and you and your partner and your family the way that it's structured now? Oh, yeah. So, well, it's interesting because we're coming up on our 10th wedding anniversary, which is crazy. Oh, wow. So it's just interesting kind of looking back on how far we've come. So I am 26 at the time, and I'm living in the city with my dog and just going to yoga every day, just kind of doing my thing. And so my husband, 13 years older than me, recently separated And I always loved him. Like I knew him before. And I remember every time I ever saw him, my heart stopped. I just always had this kind of feeling about him. So I reached out to him on Facebook and we go out for dinner. Mm. And three weeks in or yeah, three weeks in, I was like, I'm going to marry this man. Mm. It was just kind of a done deal in my mind. We went very, very fast. So what happened is we started dating in March. So actually it was 11 years ago. We always celebrate the anniversary of our first date, Mm. which is fun. But so it was 11 years ago. So March 28th, we go on our first date. I move in in July. We are engaged in October, married in June, and pregnant in August. Oh my goodness. Wow. So just this whirlwind. And, you know, I'm 26, have no experience with kids. Mm. I did work in child protection. I have a background in psychology and had worked with a lot of families who had been in these situations, right? So I was supporting them with custody and access, helping them with their kids. But the problem was, you know, I learned very quickly that being the expert on the outside and living it in real life is very different. Oh, yes. So I just found myself all of a sudden in this situation where I was like, okay, how do I do this? And 
this platform really started, I was, I had a complete breakdown. I was on the bathroom floor with a glass of wine, bawling, wondering like, what was I thinking? And so I went to the internet for support and then Googled, you know, stepmom support, how to do this, how to do that. And I just found a lot of negativity. Mm. And it was kind of that day where I was like, you know what? That's not going to be the story. I, I really committed to doing whatever it took to thrive in this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how this all started. So I was doing a lot of personal development, really diving into my own trauma and my own wounds. I was a child of divorce myself. I actually used to get rid of my dad's girlfriends like for sport. I was a nightmare of a child. too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you did not want to date my dad because I was like, you know, that nightmare. So I really just started doing the work on myself and on my family, myself. And then I started a blog and I just started writing. And all of a sudden I was getting, this is the power of the internet, right? It's so cool. Like SEO and people searching things. I didn't even think anyone was ever going to read what I wrote. And I'm getting messages from stepmoms in Australia and stepmoms from people like everywhere, right? And I'm like, wow, okay. And it really just started from there. So after we had our daughter, I didn't go back to work. I was going to stay at home. And I just started writing because I kind of needed something to do. And then I started coaching Mm. and eventually started the podcast and the membership. And it's just kind of, you know, grown from there. And now we just have this community. You know, we have stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world in the membership right now, which is so cool. Yeah. And every situation is different, but everyone's feelings are very similar. It's a very unique experience. Yeah. I also come from a family of divorce. I also worked in custody and access and parenting coordination and, you know, all of that. Oh, so you got it. So I've seen like the highest of conflicts and then I've seen to the families who do it amicably and get together, you know, for birthdays and holidays. Like how old were the kids when you met your husband and, um, Because then you guys had a little follow on the heels of getting married, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my youngest stepson was five, and then my middle stepson was eight, and then my stepdaughter was, she just turned 10 kind of when we first got together. Okay. So they were babies. Yeah. They were babies. And it's so interesting. You know, I look back and I think, what was I thinking? I was, I had no experience with kids, and all of a sudden I was kind of like thrown into this role and very active at the very beginning. It's just kind of how our dynamic worked. We were just all in, all things with the kids. And uh, it was crazy and chaotic, but I look back and I really miss it because now they're teenagers and older than teenagers. You know, my stepdaughter's going to be 21 in September. And it's like, oh, I I miss the chaos. I never thought I would, though. (laughs) Well, when you get thrown right in three kids that are still pretty dependent, it has Mm -hmm. to be all hands on deck in a partnership where you're just trying to like get meals on the table, get people, you know, showered and in bed. And so I can just imagine coming from this single life, not being able to find your footing and like grow along the process or like learn together with your partner and just kind of being like dropped into a scenario. Mm -hmm. What a unique set of challenges that stepmoms and blended families in that way face. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, he had a very different style of parenting than I thought I would have. And that's the key in my situation. Every situation is different. But, you know, I came in, I was a perfectionist. I was a control freak, all these things, right? So I'm all about like, I think the universe really puts us in situations for us to learn the lessons we need to learn. So, and I say this all the time, but I felt like 
the universe was like, oh, you want to control everyone and everything? Well, you're going to go fall in love with a man with three kids and an ex-wife and see how that goes for you. (laughs) And so for the longest time, I was just all about really trying to do everything perfect. Mm. So I was very strict and trying to, you know, keep us on routine and having, you know, the perfect meals and perfectly dressed kids and the house clean all the time. And because I thought that's what a good mom did, right? And Mm -hmm. you also feel this judgment. People are kind of looking at your situation, like, does she know what she's doing? Or, you know, I don't know if she knows what she's getting herself into and all these things. So I was very insecure. Mm. So I tried to just be so perfect at the very beginning to prove everyone wrong when inside I was screaming, right? So it was a huge journey. And, you know, then when we had Reese, it was really humbling because I had to let that go, right? You Mm -hmm. got four kids and... It's interesting. As soon as you let go the need for control and trying to be perfect, everything feels a little more perfect, right? It's just like you start to appreciate those little moments, the things that really matter. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Mealtime with kids can be stressful. But with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. I think at some point in motherhood, at least I hope we all come to a moment where that perfectionism sort of window shatters because it's truly freeing when it happens. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until after my third, when I went through my own postpartum depression and anxiety and was like all of a sudden drowning in three children, three and under that I was like, I can't do this like this anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was simultaneously the hardest yet most freeing moment because then we could figure out how to do it our own way instead of like what we thought 
it had to look like. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine coming in feeling insecure or already maybe having ways you thought a family was going to be formed in your mind and already having to confront those ideals or those romanticized things off the bat because it's a little unconventional to start with a blended family versus what we always see in these like picture perfect movies, right? So already feeling like you've got to prove yourself or feeling that insecurity makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. But then ultimately finding your own footing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the big thing for stepmoms and no matter what your situation is, when you come in, if you let go of the idea that your family is going to function the way a first family functions, that is the first step. Mm. Your family is not going to function the way that a first family does. And, you know, there's going to be maybe that power differential. Like, Darren can trump me at any point in time. Like, I can have a say about the kids and I have an opinion and all these things. But if at the end of the day, him and his ex think this is the best thing for their kids, it doesn't matter, right? Like, mm. I'm out. Like, my opinion is valued, but it's not the final say. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're the mom, I feel like, you know, the mom has the pull, right? Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to our daughter, I have the final say or we do together. Right. So it's really interesting. So that's why a lot of stepmoms will feel good enough until they're not. So, you know, they're good enough for, you know, the nitty gritty of parenting, the homework, the lunches, the the running mm. around, all these things. But then if they disagree with maybe discipline or structure and routine, then they can be trumped. So that's mm-hmm. where that it's like, okay, where do I land here? Like, what is my role? Am I valued? Am I a parent? Or am I not a parent? And, you know, even society gives you so many mixed messages about that. So it can be really hard to find your footing. Right. And like kind of mixed messaging, like good enough to be in the trenches and do the work, but not like an authority enough to have like a power position in this equation kind of thing. Yeah. And not just for the sake of having power, but like feeling valued and acknowledged and seen and appreciated in that way. Because if you're joining into a family with three children, you're day in and day out, like those Kids predict that whole household, whether we like it or not, in terms of scheduling and meals and preferences and all of those things. So you're in it just as much as your partner, Mm -hmm. but then feeling like you have to, yeah, take a side step in some of those situations must be incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the mixed messages that society gives stepmoms, it's really interesting. So, you know, there's the expectation, say, as a stepmom, you need to love your stepkids like they're your own, Mm. right? So that's a really big thing to ask someone, right? Right, That you've fallen in love with, that's the goal, obviously. The goal is to blend and to develop these relationships. But when you come in right away and, you know, you could have parental alienation, you could have, you know, loyalty binds with their mom, they could be struggling with the divorce, so many contributing factors here, right? And mm-hmm. maybe the kids are giving you a hard time and it's where you're struggling. And there's this expectation, you're going to love them like they're your own right away. Okay. But then when you start to treat them like they're your own, it's like, well, wait, you need to step back because you're not their real mom. Right. Right? Like you need to know your place. But then it's like, well, I thought you told me I was a parent. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then I, no, you're not a real parent, but you still have to like, y- do you get what I mean? Like there's just, yeah. okay, I'm doing this dance. Like, what do you want from me? Like, how do I figure this out? Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm really all about, you know, supporting stepmoms and being like, okay, what works for my family? Because mm-hmm. what works for one family may not work for another. There's, again, so many contributing factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about my community and I think about the different families out there. Like usually what I find is for first families, there's not a lot of separations that happen before usually the age of five-ish. And that's maybe a generalization, but statistically, I don't know. 
I'd have to do the research there. But when we're talking about access schedules with a nursing infant or things like that, usually parents kind of like stick out the situation until that separation is like more tolerated or easier to navigate with their Mm -hmm. children, right? Often. Would you feel like that's accurate for your community? Do you feel like they're usually like more like those school age kids and things like that? Yeah, I do. And I do find there's stepmoms who really struggle, though, when there's the younger kids, even, you know, five, six, seven, eight. And they'll say, well, why do they have to have the scheduled phone call with their other parent every single day? Like, this is very disruptive mm-hmm. to their life. Or or the kid doesn't want to go to sleep because they're struggling at bedtime because they miss their mom. And I'm always like, they're a baby. They are still so little. They're still yeah. a baby. It's just so much for them. And it's very difficult. There's so many you know, viewpoints. But yeah, it's a lot harder to navigate that when they're younger. But you're right. I don't see a lot of situations where maybe they're nursing or that kind of stuff. Typically, those are maybe more the higher conflict situations where there was an affair or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or like if there's ever abuse or a situation to get out, get the F out. Mm -hmm. In no way do we like, you know, need to be in a situation. Like we're not saying stay in a situation, stick it out until you're five. If you have the means or if it is like the correct move or whatever you need to do, like obviously figure it out. Like safety trumps all of those situations. So I feel like in our community, there's going to be like those first time families, but where maybe they're like listening and they've been like really contemplating divorce, but they just don't feel like they could do it yet because they couldn't bear the thought of being apart from their child at bedtime every night. And so they're going to ride it out. Like I feel like there's a camp there. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like there's probably people who are listening who are on their child with this blended family and then are living in these dynamics. Maybe they have children from previous marriages or maybe they're like in your situation where they didn't bring a child into the relationship, but there are other children So I feel like we can find ourselves in postpartum and with young children and navigating these dynamics, I don't know, in a variety of situations, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But I feel like in the postpartum or with these young children, the dynamics feel a little bit more, I don't know if high stakes is the right word, or complicated as you're explaining like a five-year-old, that's a kindergartner, not even preschooler, kindergartner, going through such a transition I can imagine adds so much emotional fuel and like complexities to that situation. I mean, also I was the teenager who used to ward off all my dad's girlfriends. So maybe, maybe I'm going to retract that statement because teenagers can probably really give the situation a run for its money too. But just emotionally charged, I feel like the whole situation just feels so like emotionally charged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I do think the teenager years, when you're coming in later on, it's very challenging for the stepmoms because the stepkids are like, okay, who's this? Mm. You know, what's going on here? Like, I don't have time for this. You've kind of found your groove and they know more about what's going on. I do think it's easier to bond with younger kids and kind of, you know, get yourself in there. But in terms of just like adjusting them to being away from their parents and like having those conversations about why things are happening. You know, I even remember having conversations with our daughter too, right? And explaining why the kids are going to their mom's house every other week. Right. Right. So how do you have those conversations? And I do think a lot of parents feel shame and kind of embarrassment. They want to shield their kids from that. But I'm I'm always all about the age-appropriate truths, right? Mm -hmm. We would always say we share them with their mom and she will understand, you know, 
my dad used to be married to their mom and then now they're not. And she explains it really well now. She's eight. So it's interesting though. You you have to kind of be real with them as much as they can handle and just keep that conversation open so they have space to ask questions and to understand in, in their own little minds. Mm-hmm. And I think the positioning of like coming in I don't know, there must be like that competitive piece. And I think that that's the resentment that you talk about of some of the communities that end up being sort of these venting chambers of, and we need that, we need to let let out the tense situations. But the feeling like we're not good enough or like if we are trying so hard to bond, we're trying so hard to love them like they're our own, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. And then they're still maybe like pushing us away or they still aren't wanting us at bedtime and they're wanting, you know, missing their mom and whatever. It's got to play on like that worth again in your role. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of stepmoms really get caught up in being the mom Mm. of that house, right? Or I'm the mom here. And when the stepmom is trying to be the mom, Mm -hmm. and granted, there are so many overlaps and it is a motherly role. Right. But if you get caught up in that competition about, you know, whose house do they want to be at or who do they want to go to or... You know, well, they said this about their mom and, you know, I don't do that. Or maybe I'm better mom in this way. And, you know, just that competition piece. Mm -hmm. You are setting yourself up for a lot more emotional distress than you're going to need to deal with. Right. So I love to look at it as this, you know, they have a mom. That is always going to be their mom. I'm just not about that competition piece. I've never tried to be their mom. Mm -hmm. I will never try to be their mom. I am the motherly figure here, but I'm their stepmom. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like so many people don't like the word stepmom because of the negative stereotypes that have been placed on it and all of that. There's nothing wrong with being a stepmom. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing role. And if you focus on your relationships and you don't buy into that competition piece and you respect and honor the relationship that they will always have with their mom, Mm -hmm. even in those situations where the mom maybe isn't showing up the way that you want them to show up or the way you think she should be showing up, or maybe the kids are struggling with her, like the end of the day, respecting that role Mm -hmm. and then focusing on creating your own relationships, you're going to be in such a better place emotionally than if you get into that competition place. And I've been there. I've, you know, the kids have said something and I'm like, "Mm, yeah, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's like that little, your ego, you got to take your ego out of it because you're going to just get caught up in that. And it's not a good place to be. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists, with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com momwell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. 
That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash momwell. ZocDoc.com slash momwell. Mom rage often leads us to feeling ashamed. But the truth is that our rage doesn't mean we're bad moms. In fact, anger is a sign from our bodies that our needs aren't being met. As moms and therapists, Dr. Asherina Reem's psyched mommy and I understand mom rage. We know that we all lose our cool sometimes. And we also know that with the right tools and strategies in place, those moments happen less often. We've teamed up and combined our years of experience to create All The Rage, raising kids with less anger and more connection, a course designed to be your go-to resource for preventing and handling your anger. We dive into what causes your anger, how it impacts your body, how to reframe your thinking, and how to stay calm in triggering moments. And because we are all human, we also include strategies for repairing after we inevitably lose our cool. In honor of Maternal Mental Health Week, you can save $20 on the course with promo RAGE20 this week only. Don't miss out on your chance to save and make a positive change. Head to momwell.com rage and save with code RAGE20. That's momwell.com rage code RAGE20. It makes me think about the expectations that are brought into the role. Like you talk about loving your children like your own, but then also the reality of the time that it takes to build and form an attachment. Like you don't just instantly love somebody in one day, right? So I feel like there's probably like we come in with this ideal set of expectations, but as you had said before, like get humbled by the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can highlight some of those expectations there too. So coming in and just like loving these kids off the bat, I feel like that's a pretty unrealistic, like it, it sounds good. It sounds good to say, you know, that we should do that. Yeah. But like realistically, that's not how attachments form. Like it takes time. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between loving your stepkids like they're your own and making sure you treat them the way you would treat all the kids, mm. right? So there's a difference there. So just because you don't love them or maybe you're feeling, you know, some resentment towards them or maybe they're just giving you a really friggin' hard time, mm-hmm. you still have to remember that you are the adult, right? You have to play the long game and ask yourself, what do I want them to remember when they look back as an adult? Because they're going to grow up and they're going to look back. You know, I look back on the way I treated some of my dad's girlfriends and I'm like, wow, like <laughs> I was very wrong. That was brutal. Like she was actually great, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember, you have to play the long game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that unrealistic expectation. And then, you know, when you have your own child or maybe you bring children in and the expectations that you're going to feel the same way. I have such a great relationship, all three of my stepkids. I love them so much. It is built over time. Mm. We have been through challenges, but, you know, I would do anything for them. I love my daughter way differently. Mm. She came out of me. I grew her. I, you know, nursed her. I have been with her since day one. I am with her every day of the week. I have this maternal bond with her that happened naturally that I don't have with them. Mm -hmm. Our love grew over time. And just having that realistic expectation of that Mm -hmm. is, you know, helpful. And there's a lot of guilt, though. I find a lot of partners, too, will say to the stepmom, well, I want you to love them the same. So you can't just choose how you feel about someone, right? And 
you know, the other piece that I think is really important to know is be- when you're coming in as a stepmom, you can't just come in and be a parent right away. Mm-hmm. You have to earn your place there with the kids. Like you don't want them just to listen to you like in some dictatorship because this is the way it's supposed to be. You want to build that relationship based on trust and respect. You know, come in as maybe like a cool aunt type figure or a mentor or you know, really take your cues from them and focus on building that relationship because you don't want it to be forced. Just like you don't want to be forced to feel a certain way about them, they sure as hell don't want to be forced to feel a certain way about you, Mm -hmm. right? Like it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that just owning that it is different, that love or that bond, Mm -hmm. but different isn't bad. Different can be wonderful. I think about attachment figures in my life, for example, after my parents got divorced and whether it was a mentor or whether it was like a stepmom or whatever, the incredibly important roles that other attachment figures can play for us in our life that are not our birth or biological parents, right? Mm-hmm. And so just because it's different doesn't mean that that is negative. And being able to own that as you did and say like, listen, like it's never, it can't possibly be the same, but that's also okay, mm-hmm. is I think, again, freeing from this expectation that like, oh, why do I feel differently? Or like this sort of policing or whatever we do of ourselves of like, oh, I'm, I'm failing because I'm not putting them in these equal buckets or however. And, you know, you could get to the point where you do love them like they're your own. There are stepmoms who will say, I love them like they're my own, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's just not the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Everyone is going to have such a different dynamic. It's the same as we don't say to them, you need to love your stepmom the same way as you love your mom. Like, how ridiculous does that sound? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, it's just, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations that get placed on stepmoms because if you think about it online, what is the focus online, you know, for the last however many years? Real talk with moms. Like, let's really open up about the struggles that we're going through. All of the things that we find challenging, you know, the expectations But stepmoms are a section of motherhood that have been left out of this. Mm. Because if you talk honestly about your experience as a stepmom, you are met with things like, well, what did you expect? You you knew what was going to happen. You knew they had kids. You know, you need to be the bigger person. You you need to be the adult. Like all these things, but these feelings and these emotions are still here. So this community of women just feels unsupported. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they have no one who understands. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I can see how when a woman steps into a motherly role, all of a sudden she inherits all of the societal norms of what a mother should be, while at the same time juggling this different family structure. So it's like the set of norms that moms would face, like you should, you know, be at the field trip or whatever. Like I can imagine all of those pressures come, but then also – the extra set of eyes or like the judgment or the critiques that can come. And I feel like this is probably especially felt by those who maybe don't bear their own children. You had your own child and then Mm -hmm. you really found this groove in your own motherhood, like in postpartum or whatever. But I can imagine that that like, I guess, imposter syndrome even or whatever of people who are in this role who don't have their own kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I even want to add to what you just said there because you're like, you know, the expectations that you need to do all these motherly things. So there's the expectations from a lot of people. But then on the same note, if the stepmom does go on the field trip or if the stepmom is showing up, then it's like, well, how does their mom feel about that? Mm. You're overstepping. You need to respect the role of their mom. So what are you supposed to do? 
It's the push and pull. Right? Like what's right? Yeah. And that's where the question is. And so, you know, even when you meet someone at the arena or something mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, who are you here to say? It's like, oh, that's my stepson. It's interesting the things that people will say to stepmoms right away. Like, oh, well, how do you get along with her mom? Or what's the mom like? Or how's the co-parent? Like, I just met you, mm-hmm. right? And stepmoms mm-hmm. are almost kind of baited into talking about the challenges too. It's like, oh, just ask me what number he is mm-hmm. and let's just talk normally, right? Instead of just diving into, you know, what society expects that conflict between the two moms to be because, you know, women are pit against each other and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, ask me how old he is. Ask me how, you know, how he's liking school this year. What are we doing on March break? Right. How was March break versus how is the high conflict pressure situation going? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see that. And so if there are moms listening right now who are in these blended family situations or maybe even have mom friends who are like going through it, you know, like where are some of the places that they start this journey. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a journey, I would say. Like, it's an undertaking to really be, like, conscious and mindful and work through these things. And where do they start? Yeah, you know, I would start with, well, come to my website. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I've been writing about this for years, right? And it's really interesting because I'll go back and I'll read blog posts that I wrote six years ago. It's like, wow, you know, I was just in a different space there, right? You know, there's all of these seasons of step parenting, and you kind of go through this period of of acceptance or you the sometimes those periods of resentment or, you know, whatever's going on based on like the season that the kids are in as well. But, you know, a big thing that I've really focused on is looking inward at yourself. And I know stepmoms in high conflict situations right now or who are really in the trenches, they're like rolling their eyes and thinking, come on. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but it's really true. And, you know, I think back to a lot of my challenges, need for control. Uh, you know, wanting everything to be perfect. Those came from a lot of my own wounds Mm -hmm. and my own insecurities and things that I had to work through, right? Like there's that saying, right? I think it's from Gabrielle Bernstein, but I I talk about it a lot of time. Like our triggers show us where we are not healed. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that's important? Or why is this triggering you so much? What are you scared of? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a huge thing for stepmoms to ask. Like, what are you actually scared of? Is it you you don't matter, that you don't have a place, that you're not valued? Right. So a lot of these insecurities creep up in how we respond to a lot of the stressors that we have. So that's why I always encourage people to kind of do the work on themselves first. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of focusing so much on how you think things should be and how a family should run or what the rules and expectations should be, focus on those relationships. Focus on the vibe of your home. Mm-hmm. How do you want people to feel when they walk into the room? Ask yourself the 555 question, right? So will this matter in five days, five years, five months, or whatever the fives are? But, you know, is this actually going to matter down the road? And then really dive into your own work. You know, I love is Nicole Aprero that had to do the work. I found, mm-hmm. you know, Healing the Inner Mother. That was a really effective book. But mm-hmm. just really working on you. And it's interesting when you start to dive into why you're responding that way and why you're being triggered, you're like, whoa, Mm -hmm. okay. You start to see your step family stress in a whole new light. And I do actually have a mindset workshop on this topic. So how to dive into your mindset around your step family stress and how to, you know, minimize your step family triggers. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that, that's over my website too. And it just kind of walks you through that process. I kind of just rambled on about. Mm -hmm. No, it's really helpful and really interesting because I can imagine that 
it's a real lesson in like boundaries mm-hmm. and boundary setting too, because sometimes in depending on the situation, how high conflict it is or not, like any legal involvement, any conflict is challenging to navigate and can be very all-consuming, preoccupying. 100%. Like the drama can be very in, even intoxicating and addictive depending on the family cycle. And so learning how to distance yourself from that like is boundary setting a big piece to this puzzle because I can imagine if I'm feeling anxious or wanting to prove myself I'm going to want to have my hands all in there as you said I'm going to want to try to control how certain things go or have an input or be validated for my perspective in the situation or whatever when really I need to know like when to contribute and when not to and that's a really hard mature thing to learn isn't it yeah. And, you know, the boundary conversation is so interesting because I feel like right now, like everyone's all about the boundaries, right? Like we're all setting these boundaries. But I think it's really important in the stepmom space, disengaging is a big conversation. Mm. So disengaging, taking that step back. Okay. So I do a lot of work with stepmoms on disengaging the right way because there's a right way and a wrong way to right. disengage. So, you know, if you're feeling like you're not being respected, if you feel like, what you're doing isn't working. If you're feeling depleted and consumed by all of the stress, I used to be so consumed. I'd spend a whole day looking for precedent-setting cases and trying to figure out how we're going to solve this conflict and all the things, right? If you feel like you're just so consumed about it, there's a really good chance it's time to disengage. And Mm -hmm. so I actually have a quiz that helps stepmoms decide, okay, is it time to take a step back? And then when you do that, I think a lot of the resources out there for stepmoms are being like, well, I'm not being respected. Like, screw you. I'm disengaging. I'm not doing anything for the kids. I'm out. Right. It's like an avoidance or like a checking out or a... Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And it's almost like out of spite too. Mm. You don't don't do this for me. I'm not doing anything for you, which doesn't help anything, Mm -hmm. right? That only further distances you from the type of family that you want to have. So how do you disengage with love? How do you disengage with the intention of regrouping and rebuilding those relationships and getting to the place where you can maybe re-engage again, like disengaging and setting these boundaries. It's not black and white, right? You can't just have these strict rules. Like I never do this. Yeah. So I think that's a really important conversation with stepmoms too, because you get this place where you're like, well, this is my boundaries. I'm disengaged. Mm. But it's like, well, do you want to function like a family or not too? Mm-hmm. Like life is fluid. You have to have a little bit of flexibility in it. Yeah, I see that. I see how boundaries when used with other people can start to feel like a prescriptive set of rules, right? As you're saying, like the like the rules to engage with me are kind of. Uh-huh. And I see that and I see how that can become very black and white and even gridlocking in like a conflict situation. I think when I think about our personal journey, I see the disengaging that you're talking about as like self-care boundaries with ourself. Like if I am so far down the rabbit hole of precedent cases and research that it is torturing me, I need to set a boundary with myself and my, you know, time and energy and resources that I am dumping into this situation right now. And like, like you said, disengage, take a step back, do something mindful, get some perspective, go on a walk, take some breathing space, something. So I feel like there's like an accountability with ourself to know when we're like in it mm-hmm. and it's not serving us. It's not helpful and we need to back out and get some perspective. Yeah. I'm like, there's two questions. Is what I'm doing working? 
Hmm. Right. So if you're trying to like be involved with the ex or the stepkids and it's not working, they're pushing back. This is not helping the situation. You know, it's time to go back to the drawing table here. This approach isn't working. Hmm. And is it impacting your ability to show up as your best? Those two questions will tell you if you need to take a step back or not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, one of the big things that I've learned is, again, it's not all or nothing. So there was a time I was completely disengaged from talking to my husband's ex. I was consumed. The conflict was too much. We both weren't. It just wasn't. Our relationship wasn't productive anymore. I need to just take myself out of the equation. Mm -hmm. So I did that after being very involved for a very long period of time. I also disengaged from a relationship with my stepson in terms of parenting, right? So mm-hmm. we were just like not jiving when he was a teenager and I had to take a step back and let his dad do anything to do with parenting with him. I was here to support, but I completely disengaged. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is now we just went on with my other stepson. We just went on a joint parent teacher meeting and had a really nice correspondence with my husband's ex. And, you know, we kind of even like apologized to each other and said like, let's start a new slate. We were both in the, this space. It was, it was beautiful. It just happened like this week. Mm-hmm. It, it was crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It was just such a relief. And, you know, the stepson who I used to have issues with because we were both going through, you know, finding our groove, he lives here full time. And we have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was re-engaged with my other stepson with his school meeting. It was the first school meeting I had gone to, right? So, you know, I did a lot of work. And that's a lot of the work that I share with the stepmoms in my community to go from there to here. Mm-hmm. And I never thought we would even get to this place. But I did everything with love and for the best interest of our family and for my own mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really important for stepmoms to realize, too. It's the intent behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is you disengage from enforcing the boundaries or that parental role or being in like a disciplinary role. Uh But that doesn't mean that we like disengage from the relationship or from the person. I think like that's when it starts to get really black and white. Like you said, oh, I'm done. I'm backing out of this entirely. But then you're like on access visits and in the same home with this human still. Yeah, And even though you're not in this parental role, I don't know, like it's complicated, but I feel like there's still the ability to release the reins from a parenting perspective while also still like acknowledging and seeing and having relationship with the human in the room, you know? Mm -hmm. And focusing on that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. I did a podcast episode with my stepson and he talked about, he's like, you know, I didn't like you. I wanted you guys to break up. We talked about when it was so tense between us that you know, he didn't want to go into the kitchen if I was in there and I would go to bed early because I didn't want to be around him. And we just were not jiving. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And to where we are now, he's on my freaking podcast. Right, right. And right. it's interesting. I also had a podcast interview with my stepdaughter and we've never had any problems. Not once. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a completely different relationship. I'm still the same person, but they're their own people, too, and dealing with their own stuff and their own reactions to yeah. changes in their lives. Like, you just don't want to put walls up, mm-hmm. right? And you want to do everything with love. Yeah. And when he's going through that hard time and when you are like, you know, avoiding each other or like the magnets that like repel from each other, like in the room kind of thing, mm-hmm. it's so often not even about you in these situations. Like when we're talking divorces and blended families, like how the kids respond to the step parent stepping in has actually very little to do with the likability of the step parent Uh and so much to do with like 
the whole transition and the big changes that have happened or can they hold space for you as a stepmom while also still loving their mom? Is that a betrayal? They've got so much of their own things happening that I think depersonalizing this, I think is what I'm getting at. Uh Like when they come with a wall up or the attitude or the, as we said, like trying to scare off our parents, girlfriends and whatever, it actually is not about us a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of the time. But sometimes, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. In a lot of situations, it's not about you. It's about what you represent. Unless it is about you. Unless it is, yeah. Right? And (laughs) so I do challenge stepmoms to be like, okay, would I like me if I were them? Yeah. Because I ask myself that question all the time, all the time, throughout my whole stepmom parenting career. I'm like, would I like me if I were them? And sometimes the answer was no. Mm. Like, I am being super strict or I'm struggling right now. Yeah. Or I'm struggling with dealing with their mom or, or something. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm projecting onto them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important for us to check ourselves too. Because I know the things that my stepkids do, maybe messes in the house or not keeping their rooms clean or, you know, just whatever. Kids stuff that all the kids are doing. When I'm not taking care of myself mm-hmm. and I'm not in a good place, I am far more activated and triggered by these things than I am than when I'm in a good place. Mm -hmm. So when I'm feeling myself to be super triggered about things and dreading their time with us or or just, yeah, feeling all the things, I like to stop and ask myself, okay, what's going on here? Like, what's really happening? Well, I'm stressed about the upcoming case conference or I'm feeling like me and my partner don't have a lot of time together. I haven't worked out in a week. Mm -hmm. I haven't been doing my morning routine. So really like checking in with yourself too, because asking yourself like, would I like me? I don't know. Like sometimes we're even mad at our husbands about stuff and it's like, do you blame him? Like, would you want to spend time with you right now? Because like, (laughs) right? I love that perspective taking because it's not like, oh, this is about you or your dynamic and not about me in like a way to like absolve ourselves from any responsibility in the situation, right? Like I Uh think that sometimes it is about the dynamic, but other times you're saying it is about us and being able to see when we need to like own our crap and when it's our responsibility and when it's not. This whole like division of responsibility in a situation is in any given situation, I feel like is a a lifelong lesson that we're learning. Like what is mine to own? What responsibility do I take versus what is yours? And being able to perspective take and own that, it's so important. And I'm sure that it is like grown your relationship over time when you can say, yeah, that was, I was just grumpy. Like that was not cool how I handled that situation. And saying that to your stepkids. Right. Like owning it. Like saying that to your kids. You know, I came home a couple months ago. I had a weekend with all the women in my family and, you know, that can be awesome or that can be extremely triggering. Mm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I came home and I was just super snappy with my stepson about nothing. Right. And I said to him the next day, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, that was not about you last night. And, you know, it teaches them that you're real and that you can own your stuff. Mm -hmm. And it shows, you know, that you can check your ego. And it teaches them to do the same. So now I have a relationship with my stepkids who are like, yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that wasn't my best. And just teaching your kids to apologize and that we're all humans just trying to figure this out Mm -hmm. is really powerful. And to have that relationship outside of their relationship with their mom or dad, you know, because I think that we're talking about you're coming home from this family weekend feeling stoppy. I feel like if there is a high conflict, you know, custody thing coming up, like when you resent 
the mom or if you and their dad are not getting along, I've seen it trickle down where like that resentment carries over to the children, you know, like mm-hmm. being able to have your own relationship with them sort of separate from those things is also something that I'm hearing you say is just really forming that true connection outside of the dynamics and and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did not ask for any of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they did not ask for this. Mm. So I think we got to give these kids some grace and really look at them as human beings, right? Who've got just plopped into a situation mm-hmm. and they didn't ask for a stepmom. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask for another parent or two homes or two separate sets of belongings or, you know, to be trucked around on Christmas so that everyone can have them, you know? So I think it's, it's giving them some grace too. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I feel like I could chat about this for ages. And if there are lots of stepmoms in our community or if there are follow-up questions to this, please let me know as we build out our resources for blended families and all the ways that we approach motherhood and parenthood. So Jamie, thank you so much. Where can they find your community? Where can they like if they need yeah. if they need to be plugged in, where do they find you? Yeah. Everything's over on my website, jamiescrimger.com. So it's S-C-R-I-M-G-E-O-U-R. Sidebar, guys, my maiden name was Darling. (laughs) I changed it to Scrimger. So there's that. But yeah, it's all over there. So I have my membership is the Kick-Ass Stepmom community. I have my podcast, the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. And yeah, Yeah. workshops on how to disengage. Like I just have so many resources over there. So go check it out. And if you want to book a coaching call with me, I I do one-on-one calls as well. So we've got lots going on. Lots, lots of support. And we'll link all of that in the show notes so people can easily click through and find you. So happy, Jamie, that we made this happen today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. As a therapist who's worked with children, families, and moms for a really long time, I'm pretty well-versed in all the different ways that parents can co-parent and structure their families and visitation and time together. And so are many of the therapists on our team. This can be one of the most challenging transitions to blend a family together, trying to balance and be mindful of everyone's needs in the situation. And tensions are running really high, understandably so. If you find yourself struggling to blend a family together or you're looking for some support in this area, head to momwell.com to book a free 15-minute consultation with a therapist. That's momwell.com. I'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week, where we are welcoming back the Black doula, Sabia Wade, to talk about reproductive justice, understand what it is, and why it is so important. I'll see you right back here next week. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for resources or links from today's show, or you need a refresh on anything we've talked about, visit our show notes. You can find the link in the episode description, or you can head directly to momwell.com slash learning center. To join the Momwell email list and be the first one to know about new episode drops, insider info, or freebies, head to momwell.com slash newsletter. Join me next week. Until then, remember that you have to be well to mom well. Settling is not an option. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? Because every day is for the girls. 
Hello, hello. Welcome to For the Girls podcast, hosted by Victoria Alario, For the Girls Who Want More. Listening to For the Girls will have you ready to raise the bar, stop settling for the bare minimum, and start believing you can have it all and step into the 2.0 version of you. You can catch a new episode of For the Girls every Monday across all podcast platforms. Until next time, girls.